0: Booyah! Hey, I'm back. Um, so uh, you may have wondered where I've been for the last few days uh, since our last episode. For those of you who I have not alerted, I have an episode four out there, and I am currently working on episode five. But I've been away from the house for a few days, and that's taken me away from uh, actually getting episode five up here, and so it'll be a couple of more days. But you can follow my podcast at anchorfm.com. Um, you can; it's also available on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and of course Spotify. Look for the Last Stand, and that's where you'll find me. So, remember when I said that a fight's coming? You'll remember in episode three that a fight is coming. Well, it's here. The fight's here, folks, and the fight is literally the people versus the federal government. Joe Biden and his administration. In his latest proclamation from the podium, he's even threatened to run over Republican governors with this tyrannical regime that he seeks to put into an executive order. Thankfully, we have our Constitution as the weapon of choice, and we have our elected representatives who are welding that weapon. As I said, uh, with regard to national martial law, the day that that happens then we're on the precipice of having lost the Constitution, and we're nowhere near that. We're still not on that ledge. But last night, we took one step closer to that possibility. Today, the Constitution still exists, and we still have our elected representatives who are willing to challenge the tyrannical edicts of Joe Biden and the unelected bureaucracies the federal government uses as a dictatorial sledgehammer to subjugate a free people what am I talking about? I'm talking about Joe Biden's speech last night about COVID and what he plans to do to force people to be vaccinated in this country. Now, if you watched the speech last night, nothing that he said made sense. And neither was anything that he was saying was supported constitutionally by law. And in fact, I would argue that none of the measures mandated by governments, both state and federal, have been constitutionally sound or supported from the beginning. Joe Biden says if you're vaccinated, you're safe. You can't get sick. And if you do, you won't be sick as long and you won't die. But in the same speech, he said that he must protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. And the unvaccinated is the cause of sickness from COVID-19 because... They refuse to get vaccinated and mask up. That, that doesn't make any sense. Joe said his patience is wearing thin with the unvaccinated. Roughly 25% of the population are 80 to 100 million people, right? No one is suggesting that COVID is not a real thing. But if COVID is the killer that they say it is, the only people who are at risk from COVID are the 25% of the population who choose not to. ...to be vaccinated for valid reasons. He said that the vaccines are super safe and effective. Never mind the fact that roughly 7,000 people in the U.S. have died due to the vaccine. 16 to 17,000 people in total between the U.K. and the U.S. have died because of the vaccine. The only people that are worried about the unvaccinated are the vaccinated. So why force the unvaccinated to get vaccinated when they're the only ones at risk. Unless he's saying that the vaccinations are ineffective, because, you know, as you all know, even vaccinated people can still get COVID, carry higher viral loads, and spread the contagion. But no, that can't be it, right? The vaccinations are super safe, and they're necessary to fighting and turning the corner on COVID, right? He makes zero mention of natural immunity, which is scientifically proven, to be more robust than the vaccination therapies. But it doesn't matter. The king wants you to get the shot. And because he can't have this legislated into law, because he knows it's unconstitutional, he writes an executive order and uses a federal agency, OSHA, to create a rule out of thin air that will require businesses to force the vaccine upon its employees, or, or they must get tested every week, Or these businesses must fire their employees. I mean, he's requiring federal workers to get the shot or be fired. He's requiring that we be able to prove this, that we're vaccinated by way of papers to participate in society or to exercise our God-given right. What he is really doing here is attempting to circumvent the Constitution and the liberty of a free people. And he's doing it not only to divide us even farther apart by blaming the unvaccinated, but he is doing it to distract from the abject failure of a withdrawal out of Afghanistan. But make no mistake, he is doing it ultimately because the left seeks to segregate and to subjugate. Now, I will remind you of Milligan ex parte, okay, of 1866. Mr. David Dudley Field asked questions on behalf of the petitioner in that case that was primarily regarding martial law and the president's powers. But those same questions I would apply to the issue of COVID and of a president who thinks himself a king. And I quote, but our wise forefathers knew that tranquility was not always anticipated in a republic. The spirit of a free people often is turbulent. They expected that strife would rise between the classes and sections, and even a civil war might come. And they supposed that in such times, judges themselves might not be safely trusted in cases, especially in prosecutions for political offenses, where the whole power of the executive is arrayed against the accused party. All history proves that public officers of any government, when they are engaged in a severe struggle, to retain their places of power, become bitter and ferocious and hate those who oppose them, even in the most legitimate ways. And they do so with a rancor which they never exhibit towards actual criminals. This kind of malignity vents itself in prosecutions for political information of spies and delators who make merchandises of their oaths and trade in the blood of their fellow men. I want you to think about that last line, folks. Think about that last line. How can that be applied today? The, uh, he goes on. The highest compliment that has ever been paid to the American judicial bench is embodied in this simple fact, that if the executive officers of this government have ever desired to take away the life or the liberty of a citizen, contrary to law, they have not come into the courts to get it done. Indeed, they have gone outside of the courts and stepped over The Constitution. If the President has this power, where does he derive it? He can exercise no authority whatsoever but that which the Constitution of the country gives him. Our system knows no authority beyond or above the law. We may, therefore, dismiss from our minds every thought of the President's having any prerogative as a representative of the people or as interpreter of the popular will. He is elected by the people to perform those functions and those functions only which the Constitution of this country and the laws made pursuant to the Constitution confer. The Constitution, that instrument, framed with the greatest deliberation after 13 years' experience of war and peace, should be accepted as the authentic and final expression of the public judgment regarding that form and scope of government. And those guarantees of private rights which legal science, political philosophy, in the experience of previous times had taught as the safest and most perfect. All attempts to explain it away or to evade or pervert it should be discountenanced and resisted. What are the powers and attributes of the presidential office? They're written in the second article of the Constitution. Among others, he is to take care that the laws be faithfully executed And he takes this oath, I do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of the President of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve and protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. The executive power mentioned in the Constitution is the executive power of the United States. The President is not clothed with the executive power of the states. He is not clothed with any executive power except as he is specifically directed by some other part of the Constitution or by an act of Congress. He is to take care that the laws be faithfully executed. He is to execute the laws by the means and in the manner which the laws themselves prescribe. The oath of office cannot be considered as a grant of power. Its effect is merely to superadd a religious sanction, to what would otherwise be his official duty and to bind his conscience against any attempt to usurp the power or overthrow the Constitution. Now, much confusion of ideas have been produced by mistaking executive power for kingly power because in monarchical countries, the kingly office includes the executive. It seems to have been sometimes inferred that, conversely, The executive carries with it the kingly prerogative. Our executive is in no sense a king, even if he's in office for four years. In the coming days, I'll be talking about COVID, the numbers, where we are, and why. And of course, the many lies of Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, which have been revealed as of late. Seems Rand Paul was right all along. There seems to be a growing chorus from the left that goes something like this. Screw your freedoms. This isn't about freedom. Well, I beg to differ. This is absolutely about freedom. This is absolutely about freedom versus tyranny. Don't fall for another one of the left's lies. Freedom versus tyranny. And the tyranny that is to come should we ignore the magnitude of this president's dictatorial action. George Washington once said, if the people are not completely free and happy, The fault shall be entirely their own. I believe that. Rand Paul said, do not comply. I agree with that as well. In the next couple of days, I'll be doing some work uh, that's going to take me away from the House, like I said. Uh, So as soon as I complete that work, I'll be talking about this, the lies of the left, and of course, what it is the president seeks to distract us from as his approval rating continues to tank in every poll and as he takes his frustrations out on the American people. And that is the American lives left in Afghanistan. That's what he seeks to distract us from. And he's willing to do it by executive order. And that right there is what I'm talking about, folks. And it's what I'm going to be talking about in the next episode. So stand by to stand by for episode five of The Last Stand.